Welcome to Everything Scary at 3 a.m. My name is John, and with me as always is Mandy. Hello. And not only has she been with me for always, like always now has a number, and it's 200. 200 <laughs> episodes that we have been doing this. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people have been very nice. They've been uh, kind of listening to it. And, and it's been kind of a wonderful ride for me. I mean, I think it, this is also our, our four-year anniversary. Yes. So we've been doing of the podcast. This, of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've been together for a little longer than that. Uh, but uh no, I'm I've I'm excited about this. It's it's still going strong. We're still having a lot of fun with it. Uh we are learning a lot of things about uh you know, horror movies in general. Like uh what what have we learned over 200 episodes? Over 200 episodes I've learned things like um oh, uh, the the babysitter. Uh the beautiful babysitter is never going to sleep with you. She's always going to try to kill you. You are some kind of sacrifice or she's a monster of somehow. <laughs> um, clowns. Uh, every clown is evil. There has never been a good clown. <laughs> All of them are, are somehow the spawn of Satan. Uh, remakes are okay unless they were created any time past, I want to say, 20 to 2005. I want to say. 2009. Oh. Uh, uh, any, any time. If it's got a 2000 in it and it was created, uh, nah. Not necessarily. I say no. Can you think of one? I can. I just don't know what years they came Yeah, out. exactly. Uh, and uh, sometimes the dark creature on the other side of the glory hole is not not asking you to stick your junk in there. <laughs> that is that is something I did learn. I never thought. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm blown away by that. Flabbergasted, even. Uh, and always, you know, Billy Zane. Billy Zane is always a treat when he's on screen, no matter what he does. If he's a Nazi uh, or a small town sheriff or uh, a literal demon, uh, he's just fun. He's a he's a great guy to have on there. I just you know, more Billy Zane movies. Damn it, we need Billy Zane. What have you learned? Have you learned anything from yes, this? Yes, actually, I've learned uh, that there aren't nearly enough movies about Wendigos. No, um, you should never live in a small town where there may be a werewolf. And we have a special place in our hearts for no sleep films because we really, really love no sleep films. They did a good job, even though you they're know such great we people. have they're I, so great people. They actually kind of uh, you know spun into the 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 swerve there with the uh, the whole sandwich thing. That was great. Constantly they, they a different it. sandwich. They knew they did that. They're just like, yeah, well, we can't go back and change it. Let's just keep changing it. It'll be hilarious. Have, I have to have two more, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, always, yeah. always bury your skulls with your body. Always bury your skulls. With the body. With their body. With their body. I, I you told me and I let's, wrote it down. Hang on. Let's let's, let's reread. You always let's, you let always bury the skull with the body. With the body. Yes, with the body. Usually I want to say your skull. So like the skulls <clears throat> that you have with their body. I don't want to bury my own skull. Always just... bury the skull with the body. Okay. There you go. And then uh the best Nick Cage movies are the ones where he's having fun and doesn't give a shit. Oh yeah. I I Propose that it's the ones where he's not getting paid at all, which he's having the best fun. But yeah, it's, I think it's he's get, been getting paid for for the last few ones. Though, and he still seems like he's having a good time. Yeah, but he's not getting paid. It's like, well, I guess not. You know, maybe he is now. I don't know. He had Pablo, whatever the guy from uh, uh, Pedro, Pedro, Pedro uh, from uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, in in that one, he looked like he was having a lot of fun. With he that did, one. although he did still have that kind of like. I don't know if I want to do this anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's it's something that we can kind of learn from from horror movies. There's a lot of fun to be had with them, you know, and that's kind of what we enjoy. We enjoy being scared as, as people. But, you know, sometimes those things happen to people in real life and it, it gets kind of freaky. 
Uh, and thankfully, we've actually uh, reached out to a number of people, uh, some family, some friends, uh, who were willing to share with us uh, their stories uh, of of actual freaky stuff happening to them, mm-hmm. actual spooky things, which is which is always interesting. You know, you never want. It's very different whenever you have your own experiences. Obviously, if you have a spooky experience, you don't want it to happen again because it's traumatizing in a lot of you know situations. And you know, thankfully, we can say that we haven't had too many spooky things. With well, with the house that we live in now, we well had with the house, like yeah, definitely the house. Thing, yeah. <laughs> uh... yeah, I don't know if we talk about that before. No, we we, eh, we we'll really talk, haven't. We'll, we'll talk about it later at some point. I don't want to wake it up. But we do have a few people who are actually willing to talk with us about it. Um, and we were able to do this really cool thing wherever we recorded their stories. And so now we can actually share those with you guys. And uh, the first one that we're going to be listening to is Fernando. So we'll go ahead and be right back with Fernando's story. Hi, my name is Fernanda. Uh, I'm here today to talk about a couple of experiences that I've had uh, with paranormal beings. We can call it paranormal beings, yeah. Spooky stuff. Spooky stuff. Um, I was, the first one was, I was newly wed with my husband. I was, I want to say maybe about 18. And he was in the army. And we lived on base at Fort Hood. And the saying was, is that we, the house that we lived in was in native burial ground. So things would happen, but it wasn't something that was serious that you would pay attention and say, oh, you know, it's this or that. It was just like little things like here and there. Yeah, just here and there. And so things started to get more active once my husband was going to start to deploy. Mm-hmm. Um, we had two docks. Chinook and Winchester. Uh, one was a German Shepherd and one was a German Shepherd mix. They So in our house, we had our front door. Then to the left, there was a pantry. It was a, like a decent room. So both of our dogs stayed in that, in that pantry. So it's more like a big closet. Yeah, like a big closet. Um, so they stayed in that closet. And then to you kept moving forward and to the left, there was a hallway, and I will never forget this, where my husband went to train in the field one day, mm-hmm. um, and he had to stay there overnight. And when I got home from work late, and when I came in, my dogs were crying and crying and crying, and in the corner of my eye, I see a little girl with like long hair in front of her face, and I swooped out of there. I would have screamed and ran, 100%. I would have been out of there. Yeah, and I tried to call my husband, and no service in the field. Oh my So I ended up calling my friends, and I took the dogs with me to stay at their house. So I was like, okay, all right. And you still went back? I After my husband got back. Okay. But still, though, you went back. That's braver than yeah. me. Yeah. And so as it, it just got progressively, progressively worse. It got worse than you seeing a creepy girl? Yeah. Well, like, you would notice the heaviness, and my husband and I would argue more and things like that. So... Then one night it was raining really, really heavy. Both of us were home and our dogs would not stop 
crying like would not stop crying there it was like i want to say maybe 10 and so we just hear like a thud and i told my husband okay well maybe one of them they got into an argument like they started they got into a fight because the little one always liked to fight with the big one <laughs> so i was like go check on them and then we go into the pantry and there's like i want to say like maybe a dress from like two dresses it was one was pink and one was blue and they i want to say the time period was maybe like from the maybe 60s style dress you know how uh, so and, but you didn't have any kids yet though no i didn't have any kids it was just me and my husband and our two dogs and like i mentioned it was raining mm -hmm. and these dresses were covered in mud and water uh, so they were like they were dripping they were dripping of water and my dogs would not stop shaking uh, uh, how did you how did you not move right then how did you not move i was crying i would have too i was crying my husband was trying to be like well maybe my mom my mom had came earlier like during the week what if it was her that she wrapped something up and come to find out it wasn't it wasn't she's like no i didn't take anything why would i take dresses so what happened to the dresses we threw them away so they were they were like there and they you guys there. like touched them and everything yeah because we we couldn't figure it out i was like maybe winchester got a hold of some of the clothes that i had like but no. So they were just on the floor. They were just on the floor, Ew. dripping wet. And that was the only thing dripping wet. And so we look up and up on the roof, there was like the entrance to our attic and mm -hmm. we had never gone into there. So it was halfway open and I wanted to scream. I forced my husband up there. Okay, like, good. I was like, y'all didn't just leave it like that, did y'all? I was like, you go up there. He goes, why do I have to be me? I was like, aren't you in the military? <laughs> you signed up for this. Yeah. And so there was nothing up there. Uh. Nothing up there. And it just got progressively heavier, heavier. And then my husband deployed. And when, when he came back, we moved out mm -hmm. and we rented off post. And after that, never again did we feel that heaviness, never again was that a problem, never did we have any... So it was obviously, though, that property. Like, that if y'all had no other issues other than on the property, ugh, that's so weird. Yeah, it was so weird, and I was just like, oh. Ugh, ugh, the wet clothes thing freaks me out. Ugh. Yeah. My parents, I I'm from a small town, and my parents built their house, but the property was gifted to them. There has always been things that have happened in my house, in my parents' house, where you would hear either like chains on the floor, or you would hear like men and women. Like it was a particular restroom where you would hear a man and a woman talk. Were they talking or were they like fighting? No, like talking. Ugh. Like like conversations. Yeah. Oh, okay. And sometimes you would hear like dishes crashing or the cabinets opening and closing. So you get used to it. Nothing like... <laughs> I cannot imagine I would ever get used to it though. <laughs> ever. That is... No. No. But okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, you're fine. No. I guess like you tend to forget about it. Mm -hmm. Like you're just like, oh, okay, it's Casper or whatever. Um, but... There was, my mom would 
had, she was always paranoid. Mm -hmm. So because my dad was always out of town working. Mm -hmm. So she would have all her three kids sleep with her in the room. And with her room, it's a master bedroom. And then it had a bathroom connected. And she would always leave the bathroom light on, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember waking up. I was always, since I was the smallest one, I would be at the end of the bed. And I remember, like, the I heard a conversation, and it was, like, a man and a woman. And in, it was in the restroom. And the woman goes, no, like, you don't have to kill her. And then the guy goes, no, I do, because she's she's awake, and she knows that we're here. And I was like, I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm going to go back to sleep. So it was, like, things like that. And then when I was older, I had... It was a four-bedroom house, mm -hmm. and in the back of that house, that's where I stayed on the fourth. It's like the farthest one, and I had my bed like against the wall, and I was laying down, but I had my legs like one here. I didn't have them close together, mm -hmm. and all I see is the mattress indention of like one of someone's knee right here on one side of my leg and then another indention of another knee like, in between my legs. Oh, uh, like it was straddling your leg? Yes. And I got up and I ran. I ran as fast as I could and I told my mom, I was like, mom, this is what happened. And she goes, you're overreacting. You know how Hispanic I, I. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to move to the front part of the house because this, no, this is going to work. Um, but even when I go back, like, I have dreams uh, about how how it was. Mm -hmm. And I picture, like, a man, a, like a big man. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like a tall, like... So it was a very masculine energy. Very masculine mm -hmm. energy. So, and he was very dominant from what it felt like. Mm -hmm. Like I guess like my like my father's type of personality, like very masculine, very macho. Mm -hmm. So you just learn to ignore it, but. But it gave you bad juju though. It yes. wasn't like a like a protecting masculine. At that it point, was like a yeah. But I was already like in the point where I was gonna move out because I was gonna get married. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Jesus, I can't take a break. I can't get a break. Like <laughs> no, you can't. Not until after you moved out of the creepy house on the base. Ugh. And we're back from Fernanda's. That one was actually kind of spooky with the whole. You know, she was telling me, and it was it was freaking me out because especially with the wet the wet clothes thing mm -hmm. like and then the attic being open yeah yeah i was like and how did you how did you not move out of there and and i mean yeah, i mean for Uncle obvious Sam's reasons yeah, out, yeah you know for obvious reasons but yeah it was I, uh, she was telling and she has even more actually that she wanted to tell us about but i had to i didn't know how many stories we were going to be able to share so. yeah and we, we definitely want to get on to the next one and the next one is going to be from Teresa. so we'll go ahead and pause it here and we'll be right back with Teresa. my name is Teresa. in 1976 i was still living at i was taking a nap after work because i was going to go clubbing and as i was napping a a thing or a, a something was in front of my face. I mean, it, it, it was just right in front of my face. I could not breathe. 
And I was so scared I could not even open my eyes. So I started to pray the Lord's Prayer. After that, I never sleep with my on my back looking up at the ceiling. It scared me to death. But it's it went away after praying about it. It, it just it just vanished. So it never happened again. It never happened to me again. But I will never forget. And that you know you definitely don't want things popping in your face like that. Yeah, that was that was a uh, Teresa's, and hers was short and sweet, but definitely chilling. Because I I never ever want that to happen. <laughs> you don't want so you know, and it's you don't want things like that just at all. Like I, you know, that's funny because it's you know, they don't really do a lot of those kind of deals in the horror movies where you just have something on pot because it's, it's disturbing. I mean, you do you have um, but it's more of like sleep sleep paralysis yeah. stuff, and um, from from a couple of these people that we were able to interview, they they have uh, they go along with the same lines of. Mm-hmm that that same thing happening so okay well let's go ahead and check out and see if that's what's going on with joanne's hi my name is joanne and i'm here to talk about a presence that i felt in 19 started in 1981 when i was 21 it was at my mom's home in houston in the heights um first time um i was come i came home from a club i went to bed and i wasn't even asleep yet and someone told me in my ear, are you awake? And it, felt, it was a horrible presence. So I started screaming and my dad came out and turned the light on. My sister, we woke up everybody in the house and they were wondering what was wrong. And I told my dad, I thought there was a presence. That's the first time. Then when I got older, I had boys, I had twin boys and they were sleeping in their cribs. And they just started screaming, crying, but it was a scream like they were something scared them. So I ran to get them, picked them up, and they were both trembling like something frightened them. So I immediately went to them, put them back in their crib, and I put a pallet down so I could sleep with them in the same room. Well, I covered my feet because I'm a person that has to have her feet covered. And I went to bed, laid down, and all of a sudden my feet felt cold. Well, I felt them so cold, so and I opened my eyes. Somebody at the end of the cover was just shaking the, the blanket off of me. And I was like, oh, my God, what the heck? So I just started praying. I, I said, I rebuke you, Satan. If it's Satan, get out of my house. I started praying the Lord's Prayer. I, when I quickly could get up and get to my senses, I picked my boys up, and we ran to my parents' room to tell them that something was in that home. Uh, in between the years, I've had several encounters with, I call him a bad ghost because he looks like he's a mean ghost. He's not a nice ghost. Uh, one time I was watching TV. I fell asleep in the living room. All of a sudden, I wake up because I feel a presence on top of me. He is so, and I even feel like he's breathing on me, whatever this person is. And my, all my hairs in my arms stand up and I'm scared. So I start praying again the Lord's Prayer and rebuking him to get out of the home. It's just so scary. I said, so I, you know, immediately turn on the lights and I call my mom. And because this time it's just me and my mom in the home. We search the house and nothing is there. But through the years, it's happened to me and two of my sisters and my brother. Nobody else but us four. Uh, and I told this, the house is no longer there, but... I know that there was a presence of a bad spirit in that home. And haven't you had an experience somewhere else too, though? I thought you had an experience at one of your old apartments. Like- yes, but that was a good 
I felt like that was a good presence. I felt like it was my nephew because he was a prankster, Lionel. Where I was moving out of my home, out of my apartment, and I turned the lights off to leave the apartment and they turned back on. And then I went to go do it again and it did the same thing. But I just, I didn't feel a bad presence. I felt that time I felt it was a good ghost. Mm -hmm. And my, I always thought it was my nephew because he was a prankster. He liked to play games. But the other one was not a real, the other one was, the other one scared me. Did you and, ever see anything or did you just hear and feel things? I just heard and felt things. I never saw, I didn't even, I didn't even want to see, like when they were with the blanket at the bottom of my feet, I was so scared I didn't want to open my eyes, but I had to because I wanted to see what was in the room with me. I can understand that. But, yeah. That's spooky. So nothing else has happened since then? No, no, no. Oh, and when that happened, okay, so then I I met my boyfriend, and then of course my husband now. When he came into my mom's home, I noticed that he was a very Christian person, always praying, that when he came into my mom's home, all that stopped. All that, um, whatever the ghost or whatever he was, he would never come around when my when my boyfriend was in the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember the change. Well, thank goodness for that. I know. <laughs> Another instance where this ghost, whatever entity, whatever he was, I thought he was gone for good. But one night I went to bed and my mom was asleep in her room and I just got into bed, closed my eyes, so I know I wasn't asleep. And he hadn't, he hadn't shown up in a long time. Well, this certain night, I'm going to bed, close my eyes, and right in my ear, he says, I'm back. <laughs> OMG, Lord, I wanted to run out of that house. But I couldn't because my mom was in there. But it was so scary. I mean, it was like all over again. He started all over again from the beginning. So... My, it was just so scary. I felt my hair standing up on my, on my legs and my hands and my arms. I started rebuking him and started praying the Lord's prayer and telling him to get out. I turned on the lights. I went to go check up on my mother because it was so scary. I also remember a good presence. It's uh, my my dad had died three months after my dad passed away. I was missing him a lot, a, a whole lot, because I'm daddy's girl. He's he was my world. But one night I was asleep and I felt a presence on my bed. I felt like somebody had sat on my bed. I felt it was a good presence of a good ghost and I reflected on my dad because I was missing my dad because we had just lost him. So I thought it was him because there was a scent also in the room and it was of my dad. My dad had a certain scent and it was him. So I had, I know that it was him sitting at the feet of my bed because I just I, I felt his presence so real it was strong just, it was just a good a good feeling overall it wasn't bad yeah it wasn't a bad feeling like the other ghosts that I've encountered where mm -hmm. they're mean this one felt good and I felt like it was my dad and that was your only experience that, feeling that uh, no another time I was driving to work and I was upset about something and I was crying with a lot of feeling going to work and I don't know what was bothering me but something was bothering me and I all of a sudden smelled my dad set in the back seat of my car. So I felt like my dad, I felt my dad again then. Mm -hmm. And it was so weird because once I, fe I felt him in the back seat and I smelled that scent, I wasn't crying anymore. I knew that he knew what I was going through and he was there to like stop me from crying because mm -hmm. I couldn't even see in front of me. That's how many tears were coming out. I was just like, 
who's probably just trying to protect you and calm you down a yeah. bit. And, and another another time too, um, me, my sons, and my mom, we were going to the store, and my sons were lips. My sons were like probably nine years old, and they were in the back seat, and I was driving. My mom was in the passenger side, and we were coming to a, a red light. Well, the red light turned green, and all of a sudden, I smelt my dad in the car, and I braked. Even though it was a green light, I put my brakes on, and thank God, because I think that's what he wanted me to do, because an 18-wheeler had ran the red light. Oh, my gosh. And I stopped narrowly missing that 18-wheeler. Oh, my gosh. And I stopped only because I even told my mom, Mom, you don't smell that? And... That's when that eighteen wheeler passed it. He even shook our car. That's how fast it was going. So I, I, you know, I put the brakes on real fast, and my mom was like, "Oh my God, Mija, that that car would have hit us if you hadn't smelt Dad." Yeah. Did Did anybody else smell him, or was it just you? Just me. Just me. My sons didn't didn't. I asked my sons; they didn't smell him, but I could smell his scent so strong. And wow. that's the last I've I've encountered my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, since he's been gone, and he's been gone a long time, but one day I went to go visit him in the cemetery. This is recent. I think it was last uh, Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And um, people tell me that when you see dragonflies, it means that somebody's visiting you from heaven. And I never encountered dragonflies ever. I never see them anywhere. And when I went to the go visit him to the cemetery, I was sitting there having coffee with him, and we were. T- I was talking to him. And I said, God, Dad, I wish you, I could, I'm missing you so much this year. I wish you could show your presence to me in any kind of way. Uh, Let me know that you're here. Well, I kid you not. As soon as I said that, I saw like a little fluttering and I looked and it was a dragonfly. And mind you, I never see dragonfly. Mm -hmm. And it flew and it flew on the flowers that I took him and it, and it, well, the way he landed, he was looking at me. That dragonfly was just like looking. We were like eye to eye contact. It was so weird. I felt like it was just so weird. And I think that I, when I think I asked one of my sisters, what does it mean? And she says, well, you know, that it means that somebody from heaven is visiting you when you see a dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that day, I wanted to take a picture to show it, you know, to somebody to see, to tell them this my story that I'm sh- telling you. So I didn't get to, because by the time I went for my camera, it flew away. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the way he came is the way he left. It was just so fast that he came and he left. Mm -hmm. Well, that same day when I go home, I'm telling my husband the story, and I'm going outside to let my dog out. And I kid you not, there was a dragonfly on my plant. Wow. And the way he was situated was like a cross. Mm -hmm. He landed and because he put his, he landed long ways and then the wings spanned it out like a cross. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, let me see if I can go get my phone and be real careful and maybe he'll stay, stay there for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was my dad because I, it let me go get my camera and I took a picture. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a nice experience though. Yeah. I like that. So yeah, so it goes along with those same lines wherever she hears knocking, she hears um, voices talking to her and all that stuff, like in the same, in the same house that, you know, Teresa was actually in. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, at what point do you stop just kind of shuffling it off? Just be like, you know, you gotta like here, you know, or, or in some of the, the houses that I've been into where it's, you know, somebody's like, oh yes, it's a, there's something happening. You know, there's like one time. 
you know, or like once or twice. And it, like at that point, you just think maybe something's going on. Maybe there's something that's happening. Not, you know, like we're going to completely ignore whatever's happening. But, you know, that's that's a, a spooky one. And this isn't the only one that we've had. And remember, this is like, that's like old school way of thinking also. I mean, it was very much of a, no, it's just your, imagine, just your imagination. Nothing's there. Don't worry about it. And you, I guess you really couldn't corroborate these things with, you know, and it's not like they could, Uh, it's not like they could move. No. Like this was, I mean, this was their house. Like, you know, they couldn't go anywhere. No. And uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot from the ladies, uh, but now we do have George, who's going to tell us one of his his spooky things that Mm -hmm. happened on him. And that's, that's another thing you don't normally have the guys, you know, maybe it's uh, you know, you just don't want to talk about that because it actually was terrifying I, I as a guy i know i or, you know whenever i try you try to downplay it so you don't seem like you know too much of a, a loser when you're just like oh god it was scary but when it's genuinely scary you know it's it's still a decent story and to it's be still a good thing to talk about like yeah. I, I wish more guys would come out and talk about their paranormal experiences yeah and let's go ahead and hear one talking about it right now with george yeah i remember i was living in this house and um i was so used to sleeping with my brothers so I was excited about having my own little twin-size bed. So I decided to sleep on my own. And uh, it must have been about 3 o'clock in the morning. I must have been about 12 years old at that time. And I heard some noise, so I covered my face. But, you know, at that time, they were talking about La Llorona. And that's something that Hispanics are... Or they fear that Yorona because it's supposed to be a lady that killed her sons or her kids. I don't know what it is. But supposedly it's supposed to be on the tree. And that day I was scared and I heard it. You know, I heard it. And I was close by the window. So I just covered my face like that and I was praying. I was sweating. I was kind of crying a little bit, but I can't tell you all that. But, <laughs> but anyway. Oh, uh, no, I didn't poop either. But anyway, in the night, as that morning went on, I didn't get out of bed. I was just there, you know. So I finally, I just finally fell asleep. And I woke up the next day and I told my mother about it. And that's all she wrote. Oh, that's And it was scary. scary. It was scary because all through the morning I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't sleep. But that's my biggest one that, that I could say that it really scared me. I can understand that. Yeah, that that would scare me. scare me too. Yeah. Oh, ew. I'm going to have nightmares. But it was a short one. That's all I got. Yeah, but I was scared. That's, that's one time that I could say that I was scared. Did you ever sleep alone after that again? Well, actually, yeah, I, I stayed alone, but I put the bed close to my brothers. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, I was so used to sleeping with them. It was four of us on the on the mattress, one of them, uh, uh, one of them uh, sofa beds. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. And that, you know, I thought I was already grown at 13, so I decided to go on my own and, and you're like, nope, I'm no, going back. I'm going back. La Llorona is after me. Yeah, but that was one time that I could say that I was real scared. I was real scared. Ooh. But I told my mother about it, and she said, just pray. Just pray. You'll be all right. So I pray now when I go to sleep. So that kind of pulls it into the whole, you know, that that's, that's very much a, a Texas legend right there, too. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, he's definitely got some spookums going on there. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it's it's interesting to see these these things and it you know especially just with family around like because that's one of the other things that you never see it's always you know somebody walking into a house nor like just or it's like by themselves know, yeah. or yeah not you know oh yeah everybody in the family had a problem with this 
uh, kind of thing, especially uh, coming up with our last uh, call that we got. Uh, this one was from Brenda, and she had some interesting things to talk about. She definitely had some, some scary stories, so let's hear those. My name is Brenda, and I grew up in Houston, um, and my parents purchased a house um, in what is known as the Heights area. Um, it, it has a lot of old uh, Victorian style homes in that area. Um, and when my parents bought the home, it was a duplex. But because we had such a large family, my father um, bought, instead of part of it, he bought the entire house and then cut doors and, you know, did what he needed to do inside to make it one home. And, and that is the home um, where I grew up. Um, a couple of my other sisters also um, lived there, and um, we all had different experiences in the home. But the first time that I ever experienced anything in the home, um, I was probably um, 11 or 12, and um, maybe even 13, I'd say, but that would be the oldest that I would have been. Um, but my sister and I shared a room and we slept in the same full size bed and we were going to bed at night and in this home, because the ha the home was built in 19, um, 1902, I'm sorry, 1920, it was built in 1920. And, um, so the home back in those days, the homes were built with what was called an attic fan and it was just this huge fan in the attic. And the way that it worked was you would leave your windows open, you know, a quarter, a quarter of the way open around the house. And then there was a door um, that would open up in the hallway and it would open up into the attic. And that fan would run and it would like suck the hot air out and bring cool air from outside in. Mm -hmm. And it worked nicely back in the day. I don't know that it would work now with 110 degrees outside, but <laughs> probably, um, <laughs> but it worked well back then. Um, so, but when we had the windows open that way and we used the attic fan, any door inside the house um, that was closed, would, or even if it were open, sometimes just that suction that was created from the attic fan, it would open or close the door. Um, not completely, but enough to make it um, open or or just move a little bit where it would, you know, give a squeak. Mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't slam shut or, or anything like that. Um, but anyhow, we were going to bed and um, we weren't asleep. We had just turned out the lights and um, we heard the door in the hallway. There was a restroom in the hallway and we heard the door. We always had it closed when no one was using it. And so it squeaked um, open just a little bit. And of course my sister and I weren't asleep. We had just laid down. So um, she nudged me with her elbow, like trying to scare me like, Hey, did you hear that? Even though she didn't say anything. Um, and then it squeaked again a second time. And so I nudged her back mm -hmm. and we were just kind of having fun with it. Well then everything was really quiet and Next to my ear, I heard a man's voice, and he said, get out. 
And I immediately jumped on top of my sister. So at this point, I'm laying flat on top of her and trying to scream. But I was so scared that I couldn't even get it out. I mean, it was barely coming out. So my sister thinking someone, she didn't hear anything, but I scared her by doing that. So she immediately starts screaming. Mm -hmm. And that sent my sister who was in the next room running into our room to see what was going on but she didn't turn a light on she just grabbed my leg Mm -hmm. and so then that you know sent me screaming a little bit more (laughs) and uh, yeah and so then when my parents came into the room um, they you know my father turned on the light and you know they were trying to calm us down and of course my sister didn't know why I was screaming but she was afraid because I was she could, you know, hardly breathe because I was laying on top of her. Um, and so I ended up sleeping with my parents that night uh, in between them. That's how scared I was. And um, didn't you say that grandpa came in with his underwear, like in his underwear? Or yeah, he did. <laughs> like he, he did. That was, the, that was the first time <laughs> and last time that I ever saw my dad in his underwear. Um, because my dad never even walked around without a shirt, you know, out of respect for us girls in the house he just didn't do that and so for him to come in that way it was it was kind of fun it was funny later but at the time you know I was still scared to death and then when I told them what I'd heard they just kind of brushed it off because you know they they thought it was just all in my imagination so that was the first time that I ever experienced anything um, with the ghost or entity or whatever you want to call it. We, you know, we never saw anything. Mm-hmm. You could never see it. You could only hear, um, hear it. And so. I don't think um, I knew about the, the door thing, the opening and closing of the door. Like that's not that it would creepy. open it, not that it would open and close, but just when the attic fan was on and it was sucking in air and then pulling out the air, mm-hmm. it's pulling out the hot air, not just from the attic, but from that area in the hallway, right? Because that's where the attic fan was, the opening to it and to the attic. And so that door to the restroom was right there in that hallway. Right. So I think because of that, it would cause that door to move a little bit. But we just kind of made a big deal about it, just kind of um, just playing it off until I heard the voice. Mm -hmm. And it was very, um, very, very scary mm-hmm. um, I like had never been like it was it was stern very stern but it was a, a like any man's voice it could have been any man's voice I mean it didn't it sounded like a normal male voice except for the fact that it was not I wouldn't say angry but just very stern mm-hmm. like he wanted me to get the message that I needed to get out mm-hmm. and so I didn't hear anything again like I didn't you know, nothing happened again for a long time. Um, but I never felt comfortable inside the house by myself, especially after that. I want to say before that it was okay. But after that, I just always felt like I wasn't by myself, even if I was by myself. And so I would, if my parents were going to be gone or, you know, they had to run in there, I would sit on the, I would rather be outside I felt safer outside of the house than inside of the house. Mm-hmm. And so I would either go play outside with the neighbor or I would be on the porch or out in the backyard until they got home rather than waiting inside the house. 
Right. Unless it was nighttime. I mean, of course, if it was night, well, they wouldn't have left me alone. But if it were nighttime, then I would, of course, I'd be inside. But um, that was just very traumatic. And, you know, going back to when my dad originally purchased the house, um, he bought it, I want to say it was in 1974. And when he bought it, we had a priest come out and bless the home because my father was devout Catholic. And, um, but, but when we moved in, in the corner of the home, in the backyard, there was a, a water, a water pump or water faucet, you know, a faucet outside faucet out there. Um, and in the, right in the corner next to that faucet, there was a cross, a wooden cross that was in the ground there. It was a large cross, but, um, my dad just, you know, being my dad, he just pulled it out and threw it in the garage somewhere and we never saw it again. He didn't think anything about it. It was just, let me get this out of here. Mm -hmm. So even now we wonder if anything was buried there or why there would have even been a cross there to begin with. We never, you know, we never knew why. Um, There was another time I, I, I married young and moved away and um, never wanted to go back to that home. Um, and so when we would go and visit, um, my husband at the time, he, uh, we had had, um, our daughter and she was about three, three years old and she was running back and forth. You know, we were there visiting, we had other family members there and I was fine being there, but I could not go into the, the, the far back room that was added on later that became my parents' room. I couldn't go that far into the home, into the house by myself. I just couldn't. I just, it, it felt heavy in there. I just felt this heavy um, presence. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how else to describe it. But um, so my daughter was running from the living room. She was little, she was playing. And my mom in the, in the middle bedroom there, there was a big aquarium and the light was on in it and there were fish and it was really pretty. And the light in the room was off, but there was light in the aquarium. And so my daughter, you know, being a, a, a little toddler, she was just running back from the living room into that room and looking at the fish and then run back. And she just kept doing that. Well, the last time that she went into the room, she screamed and she ran as fast as she could out of that room and to my husband and was crying. And he said, what happened, Emily? You know, what's wrong? And, you know, for being so young, the words that she used really shocked us um, because she said, it snarled at me. And, you know, my husband said, what snarled at you? What was it? And she said it had horns. And he got up, of course, and went over there and he's, you know, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. but she would not go back into that room. And then uh, we were traveling back to our home after that weekend of being there that, that, you know, that happened in the early evening when she got scared like that. And so we left that same night and we were traveling home. She was sitting in the car seat in, in the back seat and she just started throwing up. Mm-hmm. And to the point that we, we stopped the car, we had to get out, got her out of the car seat, we didn't know what was going on, but I mean, it was almost like the exorcist. She was just throwing up and it was shooting out and it was green. And she, you know, we didn't know what had made her sick because she didn't have anything different that day. 
um, she just had all the normal things mm-hmm. that she typically had in a day. So um, we got home and, you know, just took care of her and, and, and she was fine after that. Um, but it was a while before I went back to the house just because it made me wonder, like, what, what was that? You know, why did Emily get sick like that? And so it took a little while for me to... And she didn't watch scary stuff or... Oh, no, she was only three. Yeah, she was only three. So there was no history of, you know, scary movies or listening to scary, nothing like that. We didn't tell stories in front of her like that. Nothing. I mean, there was nothing like that. And for her to use such a big word as snarl, um, that, you know, that was kind of shocking because it's like, you know, where did you hear that word? And then describing Um, it as having horns, like that's even weirder. Right. Yeah, that was even worse. And so um, that was my second experience with it. Um, And prior to that, there was an experience that I had where um, I was visiting um, and uh, my sister still lived there and with my parents and um she had a boyfriend at the time and they were out on the porch Uh, my mom's house had a a, like a wraparound porch and um she was standing out there with him and and i didn't know i knew he was there but i wasn't in the front part of the house i was in the very back and i was uh, on a recliner on my dad's recliner and i had fallen asleep and so she came into the room and she said hey why did you do that and i said what do you mean she said why did you knock on the window like that I said I didn't I didn't knock on any window I've been laying here I was asleep I was taking a nap Mm -hmm. and she just looked at me and I looked at her and I said what what's going on and she said Brenda somebody knocked on the window I said what do you mean and she said they knocked like really hard like for us to like for us to stop what we were doing and I said she was you know we he was kissing me she goes and then we heard this rapid knock on the window loud she goes and so I told him Hey, you know, and, and he said, who is that? And she said, oh, it's my sister. She probably saw us kissing, but it wasn't me. And there was no one else in the home. Mm. And we could never explain that, but we could never explain anything that happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister had other um, events that happened, you know, while she was living there, because at that point I was already gone and wasn't living there any longer. And so she had experiences on her own. Um, but, you know, there uh, there was a time when I was a lot younger, and I said my first experience was in '91, but it actually happened a little, a few years before that, when my sister and I were together at home alone, mm-hmm. and I was coloring. I, I, I was probably, you know, 10 or 11, and I was coloring in the kitchen, and right next to the kitchen was the living room, and she was watching something. It was a Saturday night. My parents had gone out to a wedding, and it was just her and I alone. And she was watching something on on TV, and we heard this loud crash of uh, and, and breaking glass. And so, our first thought was that just came from the next room. Mm-hmm. And but it sounded like something heavy. I always I always describe it as sounding like a punch bowl, right? Like a heavy glass object that shattered because mm-hmm. you could just hear, and it was loud. And so I looked at her and she looked at me and we just took off at the same time toward the front door and unlocked. And it was night. It was nighttime. Mm -hmm. And we ran out and we ran to our neighbor's house. Um, And so she came over and she thought we were just being silly. And we're like, no, no, you know, we heard it. It it was something broke. And 
I want to, I think I was crying and uh, I was scared. And so she came over, went through the entire house and there was nothing out of place and nothing broken. But it clearly, clearly came from the next room. It was not something outside. It was in the next room. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that would make and me think that there was somebody who was breaking in or something. So I'm glad that right, know, but yeah, that was your yeah, first but instinct was, was to get out of the house. Right, but no, it was there was not. It, it didn't even sound like a window. It sounded like someone dropped something and it shattered. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, the, another thing that could never be explained. And uh, you know, my parents would shrug it off. They would say, "Oh, you know, it's just your imagination," or you know, um, you were really sleeping and you were dreaming and you thought you were still awake or, you know, that's how they would explain it. And, and but there was no explanation. And it wasn't um, just you, like it was you and your sister. Yes. And then I had an older sister who had ex- had an experience there as well. And then, uh, my brother, um, had had a, a totally separate experience there. Um, and so, you know, those things couldn't be explained. My parents, though, never had anything, unless they just never told us, mm-hmm. um, because they didn't want to scare us any more than we already were. But um, they never, as far as, you know, I know, they had never experienced anything. Oh, man. So, that, I wish yeah. they would have told you guys if they had, though. Like, I, I realize that they're trying to, you know, that they <clears throat> would have not done that to try to protect you from... Right, you know, being more right. traumatized than you already were, but at that point, I'm like, well, y'all have already had enough experiences that I feel like it would have been justified for them to to say, oh, hey, yeah, we had a whole bunch of weird stuff happen to us too. Yeah, but I guess because what were they going to do, right? Like my dad was not going to sell the house. We weren't going to move. We weren't going to leave. So, you know, what what were we going to do? And so maybe that was their thought process. But um, recently, my mom's house uh, about a year ago sold. Um, after my mom passed and um, it sold. And so, uh, you know, I often wondered, oh, I wonder if, you know, the ghost is still there. And um, the company that bought the home actually moved it. So the house is no longer even there. Um, And so I don't know if, if whoever is in the home now is having the same experiences, you know, was it the house, was it the ground? Um, so from what I was told, the, the, the new owner for the property, the, the man who bought the home and then sold it and then just kept the property, um, where the house originally was, um, they were doing some digging and I, I believe they were doing some digging and I don't know what he was going to build there, but I mean, I'm sure they would have found something mm-hmm. if there was something there, you know, if, if there was someone buried there and that's why the cross was there that my dad originally found in 1974. Um, I don't know, but, um, unless they didn't touch that part of the property. True. True. I don't know if they dug up the whole property or just parts of it. I, I don't know, but, um, just a very scary, um, experience. A lot of times I don't, I don't like talking about it just because it brings back those, um, emotions of being afraid like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever, I don't ever want to experience that again. Um, it, it was, it was traumatizing. I mean, because I can remember it like it was yesterday, mm-hmm. and you know all the different experiences. Um, so it, it's, you know, pretty scary. 
Yeah, that I would I would definitely agree and say I really hope that no experiences like that ever 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 happen again. And yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons why we 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 like to talk about things and get other people's versions of stories because it's not you know, we don't have a whole lot of our own stories to tell, which honestly right. we're, we're we're kind of okay with because that's just you know, there's a difference between wanting to wanting to be scared and, you know, watching scary movies and doing all that stuff and then in being thrust into that situation, you know, without wanting to be in that situation or. Oh, yeah. And then as a young kid, you know, you're you're I mean, I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's that's a horrible feeling to be that afraid. Um, even when I would go, you know, as a married woman going back and visiting with my mom, I would stay the night. It took a long time for me to stay. My mother would always say, you know, are you going to stay? And I had other siblings that I could stay with, so I would stay with them. And, you know, why don't you stay here tonight? And it's like, no, mom, you know, I just can't. I I just can't stay here. Um, And then later I did start to stay, but we always had to have lights on. I could never just go to sleep and have all the lights off I couldn't and I would tell her I'll stay but you know we gotta leave the bedroom light on and she would say I Mija, you know you don't have anything to be afraid of and I'm like yes I do mom <laughs> yes I do because I experienced it and I can't forget that and if you want me to stay I will but the light has to stay on mm-hmm. and so she would let me leave the light on because I, I I told her otherwise I can't stay here I'll have to leave so you know, even all those years later, just going back and feeling, like I said, that heaviness, that never went away. Mm-hmm. That never went. I never heard him again, but it never went away. So, um, just just very scary. That is very scary. Well, thank you for sharing your stories with us. We really, really of appreciate course. it. And Absolutely. if you think of anything else, then just let us know and you are more than welcome to come back on the show and scare, share more scary stories whenever you want. <laughs> sure. Thank you for okay. having me. Thank you. And yeah, that's what we've got for our, our big 200 special with actual people telling us their real horror stories. So that was a lot of fun. We do want to thank everybody for calling in and talking with us. And, you know, we can't wait to hopefully continue to do this as an anniversary thing. It seems to work out pretty well. There's always people out there who who usually want to share their stories. Yeah. And if you've got sh- uh, stories that you want to tell us, you can always reach out to us. ESAT3AM at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on that. You can reach out to us on our Facebook and Twitter, ESAT3AM dot, you know, ESAT3AM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> there we go. Uh, and then you can always go to our main website, ESAT3AM.com. Click on the leave a, a voicemail message and you can leave us a voicemail or, uh, you know, later on, we'll, we've got other things that we might be trying to do. So I'm I'm excited. This this whole project was really just uh, how did how did this kind of start? Do you remember? I I remember a specific reason for starting it. Um, but you I know, mean, that we was were... four years ago, and I was super angry about one thing that popped up. Oh oh, for the podcast? Yes. Why we started the podcast? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's because you were complaining about a movie. And you're like, I have nobody to complain about this movie with. And I was like, why don't we just do a podcast? Oh, no, no. You know what it was? Oh, okay. Tell me I'm wrong. Go ahead. It was It Follows. It was that one particular... It was that particular goddamn movie that everybody was telling me was the greatest thing in the entire freaking world. (coughs) And people would not stop talking about it. 
And I just was so angry. And then we were also, I remember we were also doing, because um, you had the YouTube channel still. And oh, so yeah, yeah. we were doing the the, um, the 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 parking lot reviews. So uh, we, we, were, we were talking about the movies right after we finished watching them in the parking lot. And that was a whole... That was a whole other thing. We were actually like recording ourselves, right? Like we were in, we were in your car recording ourselves talking about it. I had so it was you, me, and a friend of ours, and we had. Um, I had. Oh, I don't even remember what movies it was. It was a couple of them, and I don't know if I ever put those up. But I had like two or three uh, pieces of Velcro that I had strapped the camera onto. That's right. I was and it was holding onto the uh, the the back window thing. We never got into that. Uh, the rearview mirror. Never, I don't, I don't think I ever did anything with that, but you know, but you know what? That is what started it though. Like that was, was. that and was it, whenever we, we were like, you know what? We really like talking about movies and we can go on a rant and talk for, you know, obviously an hour. And it really did kind of also help us just, we started watching these movies with critical eyes and we realized a lot of movies that we, I mean, loved why we loved them and mm-hmm. the movies, why we hate them. We could finally articulate to other people why we hated them mm-hmm. you know and and it also helped us see other things in other movies like i remember us really wanting to watch uh the last shift and we were so or it was yeah it was the last shift uh we were so happy about that one and then it just kind of shat the bed with the ending and you know we started noticing that happening in so many different movies and it was just one of those things so I'm excited that we, we got to do this. I'm looking forward to doing this more in the future, uh, continuing on. I don't know how, you know, like, maybe we'll do another 200. Who knows? Maybe. It depends on how many people talk about us and talk about good things about us and tell your friends and tell your family. and Definitely tell- share the episodes. And, uh, you know, there's, there's other people. So if there's other podcasts and stuff that you guys want us to listen to, we'll definitely do that as well. But, yeah, just communicate with us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but until next time. I guess we'll start that next 200. Yep. See you soon. Bye.